Hello everyone and welcome to this podcast. My name is Caroline Osbitt and I'm a social media advisor for ARD and R&D Open and a research group leader at the Center of Experimental Rheumatology at the University Hospital of Zurich, Switzerland. Today I'm here with Alessia Luno from the Rheumatology Unit of the University of Perugia in Italy and I want to talk with her about a viewpoint that she published in RMD Open with her colleagues Francesco Carubi and Javier Rodriguez Cario. And it has the title Storm, Typhoon, Cyclone or Hurricane in COVID-19 patients. Beware of the same storm that has a different origin. And of course, this is a very timely topic. And we wanted to take the opportunity to talk to Alessia a little bit more about this work. So Alessia, Thanks a lot for being here today with me, and, and maybe you can just introduce yourself a bit more to our listeners. Thank you very much, Caroline, and thanks for having me for this podcast. It's really great pleasure for me to be here and talk about this paper. So as you said, I'm working in, in Perugia, in Italy. I'm an assistant professor of rheumatology, and my main research interest is the role of T-lymphocyte subsets and pro-inflammatory cytokines in the pathogenesis of connective tissue diseases. So this paper highlights the similarities and differences that we can find with an infectious diseases, in this case, COVID-19. Yes, and Alessia, just to start uh, and dive a bit into the topic, can you quickly explain this link between uh, rheumatology and COVID-19 again? Well, um, what we know as COVID-19, the coronavirus 2019 disease, is the clinical condition that is associated with the infection by the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And we know that in the majority of patients, it causes only mild to moderate symptoms. However, it is burdened by irrelevant morbidity and mortality because a consistent proportion of infected subjects could develop a severe form with pneumonia, respiratory failure, acute respiratory distress syndrome, and sepsis. So the studies that have been published so far and reporting the immunological features of patients with COVID-19 showed that in severe forms, uh, high levels of pro-inflammatory cytokines such as Al1-beta, Al6, TNF-alpha, or MCP1 but also high levels of ferritin can be detected both in the bloodstream and in the target organs. And there are also in vitro studies that demonstrated that T lymphocytes may be involved in this process, particularly by committing towards a Th1 phenotype and perpetuating the process uh, of positive feedback loop of cytokine release. So it became evident that the same actors that have a role in the pathogenesis of, of most rheumatic diseases actually may have a role in the pathogenesis of COVID-19 as well. Mm -hmm. So based on that similarities in the cytokine expression that you just pointed out, so do you think you can actually uh, include COVID-19 under the umbrella of cytokine storm syndromes as we also know them from rheumatic diseases? Well, um, the, this massive release of, of pro-inflammatory cytokines and the abnormal activation of, of the immune system that we observe in COVID-19, well, resembles what we observe in the so-called cytokine release syndromes. However, uh, this scenario is, is, is far more complex because hyperinflammation is highly heterogeneous. And COVID itself is, is a complex disease. We have a long phase, a transition phase, a systemic phase. So uh, we first must acknowledge that we are just at the beginning of appreciating the whole spectrum of the condition. But what we already know is that in COVID-19, the cytokine storm accounts for mortality due to ARDS 
and the secondary hyperinflammation syndrome. And if we look at the uh, causal relationship between the SARS-CoV-2 virus and this process, well, uh, it has been shown that it is able to bind toll-like receptors to induce this hyperinflammation uh, cascade via activation of the inflammasome and release of Val-1-beta. But interestingly, not all severe COVID-19 patients develop a fully-blown cytokine release syndrome, and patients with a better prognosis may still display high cytokine and ferritin levels. So if we want to include COVID-19 under the umbrella of cytokine storm syndromes, we clearly need a better characterization of the different phases of the disease, for instance, by longitudinally assessing these pro-inflammatory mediators. We need to know where the cytokine storm takes place. So is it a general phenomenon or rather a reaction of the lung, possibly in reaction to a massive viral invasion and the lack of antiviral response of the host? And we need to understand also which immune cell abnormalities occur and at which stage. Yes, so unfortunately, we still have a huge lack on data in this respect, and, and studies that, that you mentioned are urgently needed, especially since we see this heterogeneity, and, and we really have to find out what lies behind these differences of the disease course and, and what lies behind this, what is going on in these different stages. So talking of the differences in the disease course, we of course know that children and adults react quite differently to COVID-19 infection. But is there any difference between COVID-19 and, and this hyperinflammation you mentioned in adults and in children? Well, as you said, um, earlier studies reported that COVID-19 mobility and mortality in children was rather low and the severe form could be rarely observed. But um, recently, a number of children with proven SARS-CoV-2 infection developed an novel multi-system inflammatory disease that seemed to resemble toxic shock syndrome and a typical Kawasaki disease. And this led to an alert uh, from the UK, from the NHS in the UK, and shortly after different other countries disclosed similar cases in their daily clinics. So uh, we know that um, in Kawasaki disease, there is an increase of IL-1-beta and IL-6 and that the macrophage activation syndrome, which is one of these uh, cytokine storm release uh, syndromes, is an often underestimated complication of, of Kawasaki disease. So also in children with severe COVID-19, this cytokine storm may occur, but uh, may cause a peculiar clinical picture unlike um, in adults. So what we need at this stage now is uh, additional data to gain understanding uh, how the response to the virus can vary uh, across the lifespan and why we see uh, different clinical pictures, even if we may have similar laboratory abnormalities. Yes, surely. So as in children, we should be aware that there can be a disease course with highly elevated cytokines. And this is also a topic that should be looked into with more studies. So with regard to therapeutic strategies for COVID-19, which could be the role of immunomodulating agents that we also know from rheumatic diseases? Well, um, so far, several immunomodulating agents that inhibit the activity of cytokines like R6, R1-beta, interferon gamma, but also the JAKSAT pathway are under investigation for the treatment of selected cases of COVID-19. 
However, as mentioned, we still don't know which patients will develop the cytokine storm at which stage of the disease and at which extent. So in this regard, clinical trials need to clarify how the timing of treatment can actually affect the outcome in patients that receive these compounds. And importantly, uh, treating patients at different disease stages and with different extent of pulmonary involvement or clinical picture will be of additional help. So in this regard, I would like to mention the, the interim results of the French co-immunotosy trial that uh, included patients with moderate to severe pneumonia not yet requiring intensive care and used the blockade of IL-6 as a mechanism of action. So the results uh, seem to uh, confirm that the earlier the treatment, the better the outcome, because we effectively tackle hyperinflammation in, in, in time. So uh, another thing that we have to keep into account is that as outlined by the existing guidelines of, of cytokine release syndromes, the treatment should always keep into account the underlying condition. And in this case, for COVID-19, we should find a balance between ablating the cytokine storm by the use of these agents, but without significantly affecting the host defense against the virus. Because by doing this, we can prevent uncontrolled replication and target the cytokine storm at the same time. Yes, of course. I mean, we should not forget we are still dealing with an infectious agent here and we get to need to get rid of it ultimately. So probably we will end up with a, with a combination therapy that needs to take into account the stage in which the patient is, as you said, and which pathways and cytokines are activated. And in a way, this brings us down to, to tailored medicine. And this is a topic, of course, we also very well know in rheumatology. And we need a detailed analysis of the cytokines that are released and that can be targeted. And again, I think this is something we have quite experience in rheumatology research. So probably the world can profit from the knowledge of the rheumatologists out there, like Alessia. And uh, we can learn in, uh, from them how to deal with COVID-19. And, and your viewpoint, Alessia, very nicely illustrates these parallels that can be drawn between these these two uh, conditions. So with this, I want to thank you very much, Alessia, for this interesting conversation. I also want to thank our listeners for being with us. If you want to read the whole viewpoint or any other interesting papers, go on the webpage of RMD Open or Annals of the Rheumatic Diseases and follow us on Facebook or Twitter to always be up to date. Goodbye and have a lovely day. Thank you. Goodbye.